Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. I almost messed that up. (laughs) (laughs) This night has got me flummoxed, man. Like, I don't even know how to feel right now, um, as I was telling you before we went live here. (laughs) Like, generally, I like to view things in a positive light. Um, It is becoming increasingly more and more difficult to see it that way, just because you you see these games in which the Cavaliers, let's, let's not mince words here, like, they pretty much have their destiny in their own hands. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely. It's definitely like we were expecting some kind of slide here from Toronto, and the Raptors are and are just coming alive. Yeah, and, and now we have to wait till the end result of the ten thirty matchup between the Raptors and Clippers before we can actually see whether or not the Cavs are going to maintain their hold on that sixty. And we know Brooklyn's a coming. We know that there are teams hot on Cleveland's ass right now, and <laughs> losses like tonight are brutal just from a mentality standpoint, or at least for the fans. I mean, let's just talk about the game, I guess. We can get right to it. Um, you know, the first half was absolutely abysmal. They allowed 72, uh, 72 points in the first half. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just moments like these where I'm like, you know, Jared Allen – does a lot <laughs> that I, uh, you just yeah. when he's removed you're like something's missing and then you're like oh wait that's right our all-star center is not on the floor right now and we just have evan mobley trying to hold the fort down for two people it's brutal man like i i feel for the kid because he's having to step up in a major way like earlier than many people expected like he was drafted obviously um, as a center, you know, power forward center, kind of a, I don't even know how you want to label him. You can't really call him a tweener or anything like that, I don't think, because he has the skill set to play the center. But it's Swiss just Army work. knife. I, I, that's fair. Um, it, it's just not the same style of play as Jared Allen, obviously. There's a little bit more finesse to it. Um, and for him, I think he's growing into that role. Um, that's an entirely different conversation, though. But we're having to put a lot of the burden in the post on Mobley and uh, that it's tough um, outside of him. You know, it was nice to see Moses Brown, Moses motherfucking Brown was out there <laughs> giving it his all, bro. Like, what did you like most about from Moses Brown tonight? I just like how he wasn't gun shy. I felt like at any point, like that dude wanted to throw it in the cup every second he could possibly get. He's like, this is my resume. The Cavs have barely played me on my 10 day contract. I'm going to go yeah. out and try to make my, uh, my presence felt on Joel Embiid. And I would, I would have to say I would give Moses Brown like a 9 out of 10 on his High real, his true debut, I would say, as a Cleveland Cavalier. Because I'm not counting games where he just comes in for like a celebrity guest appearance and then just yeah, goes like, like uh, see clean up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, um in 11 minutes tonight, eight points and I believe two or three rebounds. He made the most of his time out in the court. And you know, it's a, it, it's a damn shame he's on a 10-day because I get the feeling he's not going to be resigned, especially with the uh, the Jared Allen. Well, he may get another 10-day. I'll, I'll go there. He may get one more 10-day. But with the Jared Allen news, um, I, I don't think that Moses Brown is going to be, you know, Cleveland Cavalier for too long. But it was it was really nice to see him. We've been clamoring for that. Yeah, I think this was really good for Moses Brown in general because I feel like on Dallas he was kind of an afterthought, and in general he was been passed around in the off season between the Thunder and the Celtics. Like he was just like, no, I don't really want him, so we'll just send him over to you. And then at the end of the day, he ended up in Dallas, and like I said, he didn't really make an impact. So this is good for him. I think it shows that he does belong in some facet on an NBA court with his aggressiveness. I think he is someone that 
like how the Cavs used him today, you can kind of throw him in to give your starting center some resting minutes while also trying to agitate the opposing starting center like we were trying to have him do with Joel Embiid today. I don't even know if you can agitate Joel Embiid because this guy, whether or not Jared Allen played or not, Joel Joel Embiid was going to go off either way. Mm -hmm. You just, you cannot stop that guy. He's an MVP candidate for a reason. But I felt that Mobley and Brown did an admirable job (laughs) as best as they could. I mean, they're two thin frame guys. They have height, but they are not as beefy. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Embiid can body anybody up in the league. I mean, it's not even funny to say, but it's the truth. Joel Embiid's thickness is like if you combine two both uh, Moses and Mobley together. Like I think their two weights combined would equal Joel Embiid. He can bench point. those guys. Yeah, I mean Embiid is just he would a, snap them in half. Never mind bench them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that said, it was a it was a tough loss, man. Um, Cavaliers one eighteen. 114 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers in a, in a night in which you truly needed the Cavs to win. Um, we're really, like I said before, we're, we're so reliant upon other teams to lose right now. I feel like I'm really zagging on what Cavs Twitter is doing right now, where mm-hmm. I, I kind of walked away from this win being kind of impressed because I felt like there were stretches in this game. I've been saying for like, Probably since I've joined this podcast that I'm sick of watching the Cavs offense completely (laughs) rely on Darius Garland for stretches in this game. And I would argue that some of the best stretches in this game offensively were when Darius wasn't even on the floor. Karis LeVert and Brandon Goodwin. Oh, my gosh. Those guys looked excellent tonight. Yeah, I I felt like I felt. Like this was a good confidence booster for everyone not named Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. I think everyone else had like a fantastic. Can we talk about Isaac Okoro? For a Um, second. (laughs) I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) I have noticed an uptick of people getting, you know, irritated with what Isaac Okoro is able to provide on a night to night basis. And we here, even on the last episode of our fine podcast here, the uh (laughs) the premier (laughs) Dean Wynn podcast, might I add, (laughs) we were also saying we need a little bit more out of Isaac Okoro in order to continually uh continuously feel comfortable trotting him out in the starting lineup over Karis Levert. Um, tonight is yet another step in in the next you know tier for him because the one thing that we we need from him to unlock his game is a consistent three point shot. Tonight he I believe was three of five from range and they were very timely. Might add like those shots when they came, Cavs absolutely needed them. Yeah, I think when he hit the first one, we were like zero for twelve from three, and he was God. the first three of the yeah. game. That yeah, that first quarter and a half of offense was painful to watch throughout the entire stretch. And then when JB started throwing in those funky lineups with Goodwin, Lavert, Moses Brown, that that was weirdly when the Cavs offense kind of just snapped out of its slumber. The bench, bro. Like the bench, I don't have the direct numbers in front of me, but I do know, let's just take a look at these numbers off the bench. Kevin Love, 10 points, seven rebounds. Uh, Moses Brown, eight points. Two rebounds, two steals. Karis LeVert, 15 points, seven assists. Brandon Goodwin, eight points, uh, two rebounds, three assists. The bench stepped up tonight. I mean, really, all around, uh, maybe we're being tough. Uh, I mean, I know you're a little bit more optimistic than I usually am right now. <laughs> hey, someone's uh, got to buoy up the positive vibes. Exactly. Uh, but they it wasn't a terrible effort when you factor in the second half. Um, but the first half was just atrocious and that kind of sunk yeah. us. It was, it was an uphill battle 
all night until the Cavs kind of just ran out of gas. Yeah, and, we've been seeing that from this Cavs team pretty much for since post All Star break. They start out so slow. And then it kind of feels like they have to claw their way back into these games. And if we just had like semi-decent first quarters to start games, I feel like this our record could be a lot better than it is right now. I mean, I have to agree wholeheartedly. It's just like the Cavs cannot continue to dig themselves these early holes because there's just there's just nothing you can do to to get yourself out of that insurmountable lead that opponents are throwing up. I mean, it gasses you. And what it really does, I mean, from, a, you know, looking past the current game, it really tires your guys out heading into the next game. Um, yeah. You, you, the, the Cavs cannot keep doing this, man. No, they need to do something new. <laughs> and I think JB had the right idea by kind of just being like, all right, we're going to throw all like the it. fresh legs out there and we're going to see what that does. No and Jetty tonight, bro. No dude, Jetty. I don't know what Jetty did, but he's getting the Dean <laughs> Way treatment hard right now. <laughs> I don't know what Dean and Jetty are up to, but they must have just done something absolutely scandalous. Yeah, he, uh, people were asking me about that, and I'm just like, well, you know, I'm not plugged in. Uh, my best <laughs> guess. <laughs> <laughs> My best guess is, uh, you know, JB's going with the hot hands. He's going with the matchup. And we already talked about how Jetty is kind of like the the odd man out. He's the first guy to lose rotation minutes. And I felt like JB really went with a, a good bench tonight. I mean, you're going to give Karis LeVert damn near starters minutes. Another night in which he got 25 plus. Kevin Love is going to stay on the court. Um, you're not taking him out the rotation. You, you know, you and I both are wanting Brandon Goodwin to get some more time. And he did. You need a second secondary point guard out there. And Moses Brown. Uh Moses Brown was excellent. And then you throw in the uh the Dylan Windler resurgence here, who's oddly people were really upset with him for not taking some of those wide open looks. I don't know if you noticed that. People are uh, always upset that Dylan Willard doesn't take the looks because in people's minds, they're like, if Dylan Willard is not hitting threes, he's worthless. Like yeah, we said in the last one, episode. Yeah, he only took one attempt tonight, um, but he could have probably taken a bit more. I will say this. He has some excellent defense down the stretch, and he, he did have a couple of key rebounds. So yeah. I liked what he provided. Dylan Windler has to be giving the development staff fits because like he does things off ball that are so like if he could just lock in offensively and just really become kind of a lot more aggressive with the ball. Sometimes I feel like he's just so afraid that his he's going to get yanked at any moment that if he just goes like, Oh, for five from three, the teams, he'd be like, all right, well this, this is just wasteful minutes and he'll just get the hook. Well, I think that's what is so mental with him. Like that people want to see him take these looks and if he's not doing that, the people immediately want to pull him out. It's not just the coaching staff, I'm sure. It's it's fans have like zero patience with him now. <laughs> yeah. I get it to a degree, but at the same time, he's providing um, things in other areas, namely defense tonight. Yeah, um, going back to the Jetty thing, good friend of the pod, Evan Damerall, did tweet during the game, who is plugged in more than <laughs> more than both of us combined. By uh, exactly, uh, he was saying he was even perplexed why Jetty isn't getting these minutes, but he was pointing it to how Jetty's just been struggling in March. I think he's shooting like twenty seven percent from three in March, and that kind of reminds us of the Jetty of yesteryear, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. He goes through these and. There's, I don't even know if there's really a good answer for it because we saw this last year too, where he's in and out of the lineup. Um, it just, it has to really, really, really do a number on your confidence as a shooter. But at the same time, 
you know, we want to see this team win. We want to see this team in the best position possible. And the guys tonight, the end on the floor, were they gave the team absolutely the best chance. Sorry, Jetty. Yeah, I mean, we've been seeing this with Lamar and Dean Wade. Our joke is always it's either one or the other that gets to all the minutes. And <laughs> they get thrown in jail. <laughs> I think also the thing to keep in mind is that Karis LeVert is pretty much completely taken Jetty's minutes, it seems like, in these past two games. Yeah. And then Dylan Wimler is the weird wrinkle of it being thrown in because yeah. you'd assume that Jetty would probably play those. But I think it – I think – Jetty might turn into a matchup based player. It feels like I would hope that in the postseason he gets a lot more tread than yeah. what we're seeing. Cause I think Jetty's going to be a valuable postseason player. He could be a player that wins the game for us easily. I can definitely see that happening, especially because like as much as me, as much as Mac loves to bring up point Jetty, I do think his ball movement skills are going to be super crucial for this team. Connect- especially- he has some connective tissue to him in that regard. He has some initiating issue t- uh, tissue too. I feel like he, he really could help the bench unit keep the ball movement going. Cause like we can't depend on Rondo to turn into playoff Rondo every postseason. No, I'm, so I'm so close to saying, let BG have it sign BG, you know, to a regular deal and let him overtake those roles. Because I feel like, you know, at this point, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overstepping, maybe I'm just getting caught up in the moment, but I really honestly feel like BG, uh, provides a little bit more on both ends in regards to the offense, like playmaking and scoring, uh, as opposed to what Rondo is able to provide at this point. Although we know what playoff Rondo does. I get it. You know, I feel like um, when it comes to Rondo, I think the thing that the Cavs definitely value most with him is just like he just knows the right spots pretty much. And they need someone on the floor when Garland's not there that's going to be able to orchestrate an NBA style offense. And Goodwin is like kind of raw in the playmaking sense. I think sometimes I know he had that good night against New Orleans like a few weeks ago. But it's not like we're consistently seeing like Goodwin just dishing dimes twenty four seven. I mean, he definitely is much more of a scoring threat, and he has that like wild card factor offensively that defenses kind of have to stay on their heels more. Mm-hmm. Rondo is much more uh, def- Like I said last episode, defenses are kind of like begging him to take those wide open threes, and he's of course going to take them because Rondo just has absurd confidence. Yeah. But they, I think they, there's a postseason formula where you can kind of sprinkle the minutes between the three of those guards and then trying to see, like, you can kind of play it game to game and, like, whatever the Cavs need in that certain situation. Like, I would say if they're up, they probably should play Goodwin more. But if they're mm-hmm. behind, I would think Rondo should probably play more. I mean, that's fair. You know, play, to, to play devil's advocate here, um, he does provide more. He has the experience. He has a champion. We has two championships. Um, he, he obviously knows what to do. Um, it's just for me, like the on-court product, he's just had a bit of a trouble staying healthy. I think that's another thing that limits what we've seen from him thus far. Yeah. I think the foot, the, the, the ankle injury was like such a fluke injury. It's like hard to really count that against him, but there was that weird calf injury he had, I think right when he arrived in Cleveland, that was a little weird Uh, that lasted for a long time, but that could also just be like, Hey, he is 36. So (laughs) yeah. Bring him back. uh, Bring him back as a player coach, uh, you know, next season. I don't know what his plans are. He may, he may opt to retire uh, after the season. I could see that definitely, you know, being the case, but who knows Um, heading into the playoff stretch though. You know, it's really a toss up. The Cavs are probably not going to sign Brandon Goodwin, um, you know, to the regular, to the uh, regular season roster. But 
they have that one spot, so we could see. <laughs> you never know, you know. I, I truly hope so because the guy just works his ass off. Um, we've seen. I feel like we've seen a good amount of development out of him, and he's taken advantage of his opportunities. So I'm very happy for him in that regard. But overall, <laughs> in regards to tonight's game, it's just a bit of a bummer because heading into that uh, that third quarter, I was just like, this game is still within reach but it seemed to be getting out of hand after allowing them to score 72. And then they come in the third quarter to start the second half and go on a 31 to 13 uh, run. I mean, they, to hold Philly to 13 points in the third quarter, that, that felt awesome. And it's just the, the, the crowd was getting hype. You could tell they were getting into it, got the players energized. Uh, you know, they were able to take a 95, well, the, a 90 to 85 lead. And I felt good at that point. It just felt like the momentum had completely shifted. Yeah, I felt like it just feels like an absolute stab to the heart that Tobias Harris, out of all the players, was the <laughs> one just constantly hitting these daggers on the Cavs. And I was just like, it's like I can handle emotionally that it's going to be the bullshit Harden and Bede free throw contest. Foul merchants, the as they yeah. call them on Twitter, as the kids <laughs> call them these days. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like the merchant thing, I, I have no idea. But They're just hunting for fouls, man. Okay. They're so All annoying. Right. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a boomer now. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I, – I, I have to like – I know – I can't stand the way that Philly plays. We talked about this ironically also with Evan that I find the way that they play just, it's so purposeful the way they try to take the entire pace of the game and put it into their vacuum of we're going to slow it down every two fucking minutes. We're going to give a penalty. We're going to just, James is going to flail his arms like he's having a stroke. And Embiid's going to, Embiid kind of does it. (laughs) At least when Embiid does it, like I believe, like I can see why a rep would call it. Yeah. Like, cause he kind of does it with like technique and then, but like every time that announcers talk about James, it's like, Oh man, it's so tactical. It's like, dude, the dude just like, he just flails his arms up. Like he's at gunpoint or something. He looks like, you know, if you go to a car dealership, you see <laughs> the <laughs> waving. <laughs> That's what they look like when they're out there. Um, they're excellent players. Take nothing away from them. Embiid is an MVP caliber guy for a reason, but Man, it's tough. It is. It is so tough to watch this style of play um, that that works. It's today's NBA. I mean, you see a multitude of players doing this. Um, Trey Young, uh, not to call any guys out here, but you you know, no, no, you can call out Trey. Uh, there's, <laughs> That's there, there's, there's a ton of them that do it, and it was nice to kind of see Cleveland get them uh, a taste of their own medicine tonight because I believe Darius Garland was like eleven to twelve from the. He's been taking a lot of free throws lately. That's a good sign because mm-hmm. like free throws always translate to offensive aggressiveness mm-hmm. and like your willingness to get to the cup. And Darius for the past few years, his, his major gripe has been he's a little gun shy Afraid around the contact. rim. Like, yeah, he would rather just pull up from mid range or from three point range. Like, yeah, the floater was his first offensive weapon in his bag. I felt like when his career was starting, he was struggling early and that was the only way he generated offense. <laughs> and I'm glad that his game has evolved into such a drastically different player. And now that he, you would think as he's nursing this back injury that he would kind of be stepping away from trying to create contact and mm-hmm. initiate it. But I'm, I'm loving that there's that level of offensive aggressiveness and especially from a now too. Okoro is ultra aggressive right now, which is, I think the key, like we said in the last episode, we were happy that he was even just like attacking the rim as often as he was. But now if he's going to, 
also be knocking down these threes. I'm not expecting him to shoot 60% from three every game. <laughs> I'll be happy with 40 from <laughs> Isaac Coro. I'd be happy with like 35 from Isaac Coro, honestly. Yeah. I just want, I, I want to see them fall because he does have the opportunity to take a lot of them. So between the two guards, they were kind of like my MVP for the night. Yeah. I mean, really leaned on them a lot tonight within the starting lineup and you didn't get production as much as you would have hoped for from a guy like Lamar Stevens or, you know, uh, as much as I could say it, Evan Mobley. Um, it is tough. It's tough. Evan Mobley's stuck trying to pick up one of the, probably the most, uh, the toughest assignment of the night and trying to limit, because you're not going to stop, like we said, uh, limit Joel Embiid. And Lamar Stevens, you know, just based upon the way they've been playing him lately, he was going to see somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes. And tonight was the same case. He saw the floor for 19 minutes. Yeah. In the case of Mobley, it was like in that Clippers game, Zubats kind of did whatever he wanted to that night, which was kind of a key indicator that if Zubats is able to look like <laughs> the second coming of the big Z, then <laughs> I think that, um, Zubrinius, yeah. <laughs> then Embiid was pretty much going to just go feast on Embiid, which is like no slight against Mobley. Uh, because like you look at the dude, like we said, he's slender and mm-hmm. that's just never going to be slender a very brain. great matchup <laughs> until like maybe like four years from now when Mobley gets like to his like adult body, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. He's going to morph into Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. The um, Chris Manning of Fear the Sword brought up a tweet uh, a few weeks ago where he was like, the way that Mobley's body grows will completely mm-hmm. dictate what kind of player he's going to become, which is like a really interesting point because like if he stays this sl- like if he decides to stay slender, you would imagine he's going to probably try to create most of his offensive opportunities from like jump hooks or pull ups. But if he gets like to be want to be a thicker player, then that would probably he'd probably become more of a paint monster. How much do you think he weighs right now? I would assume like two twenty. Okay. I weigh more than that. Damn. <laughs> hey, man, when you're on those uh, NBA diets, they they don't let you have any good food. True. True that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It really is hard to say, like, because I don't really think there's a fair comp for him right now. Like, we've heard everything. KG, Tim Duncan, um, you know, to name a few. It's really hard to peg it just because you don't know what he is going to look fully developed in regards to, like, his – uh, his man body. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so weird to talk about these, play- like these players won't even like Darius, like all, like all of our young players won't like, aren't even close to like their peak physical, like no. performances. They're apex. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's so much, like these players are going to look so different. Like imagine the man that Isaac Okoro is going to be. The dude's just going to like, look like he needs a walking steroid test. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to look like uh, LeBron at his uh, <laughs> the height of his powers from a physicality standpoint, not from a game standpoint. Obviously. I mean, don't don't count that out. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Got a long way to go, brother. Uh, you, let me tell you something crazy, man. Crazy stat of the night. Cavaliers actually shot more free throws than the 76ers tonight. And <laughs> 32 to 28. I know some of that is like garbage, not garbage time, but end of the game scenarios and whatnot. I get it. Cavs had to get into foul territory, um, you know, within the last two minutes of the game. But that to me is still telling, considering that we uh, we consider what's the word we already used for foul merchants yeah. <laughs> uh, of Harden and Embiid, uh, just to kind of go to their side of things. Embiid only took ten free throws, which when I say only, that's like 
it seems like it's a low <laughs> number for him. And then Harden took 12 tonight. And uh, I, I honestly felt Isaac Okoro did a very good job limiting James Harden tonight. I feel like Harden, in a weird way, was kind of just off. He he is going through, like, I mean, he did his James Harden thing where he, right when he was traded to Brooklyn, you were like, oh, my God, Harden's not fat anymore. Harden's trying. Wow. We knew that nuts. was going to happen. He, he, like, takes the tire from under his shirt that he, that he hides there. <laughs> He's got a fat body, like a, a body suit. He's got a body suit. His Rick Ross bodysuit just throws <laughs> it out the whole, window. Yeah, he's got a Norbit thing going on. But now we're seeing like the James Harden that is like in regular season form when he's disinterested at times. Like he'll fade for quarters and then you're like, where'd this dude go? Because then he just like James Harden, if he's not interested in offense, you're operating on a four on five because yeah. the dude just stands in the corner. It's like it's like LeBron to an extent. Like when you watch the Lakers offense and LeBron's like, I'm tired. I'm not contributing to this position a at damn all. Team on his back all night, but it's a whole different story. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just drawing yeah. comparisons here. Yeah. <laughs> not in terms of contributions <laughs> to the team, but I hate I, I can't stand that. I think it's so annoying. I would imagine that as a like say you're like Matisse Thibel and you're like, I kind of depend on James Harden to generate offense for myself. Mm-hmm. But the dude if he's not touching the ball is like, you know what? I'm just going to observe and watch uh, Embiid go in the post, and I'm not going to make any cut whatsoever or try to help Embiid out. But you notice when they do a pick and roll with Joel Embiid and James Harden, Embiid like sucks up all the defensive pressure, allowing James to be yeah. open for threes. I just, I don't know. <laughs> James Harden really pushes my buttons. I don't know why. Excellent player, but he uh, he would grade on me. Uh, probably as a teammate, I'm not gonna lie, just because he he does do that, man. He feels like he's in and out, you know. Um, but he's not engaged because you know he's not he's gonna give you little to nothing on defense, and maybe that's what? a little bit overblown. <laughs> but um, if he's not engaged, I mean, you're not gonna get too much out of him, and it's crazy to say that when you're talking about a guy who provided you 21 and 11 tonight. <laughs> maybe I'm shitting on him a bit, but uh, yeah, but like you have to also taken to the fact that like half of those points were free throw attempts. It wasn't like he was generating much offense outside of the free throws. Yeah. From a shooting perspective, the 11 assists, but they're James Harden assists. I feel like James Harden assists are like, all right, I'm going to dribble right in front of you for like (laughs) 10 seconds. And then I'm just going to whip a pass across the court to the left corner, the right corner. And you better hit it Tyrese or you better hit this easy floater. Joel. Yeah. Um, you do see that quite often from him. Easy assists, as you would you probably call them. Um, tonight, man, just there were so many key stretches that I felt that determined the Cavs, you know, losing this game. I felt like they were in it to the very end. I mean, there was you can really take your pick here. There were a lot of different key plays. Uh, Lowry hitting that three-point shot over the outstretched hand of uh, Joel Embiid. That was nice. <laughs> Thanks, Lowry. <laughs> that, uh, that dunk. Did you see that dunk he had? He, it's awesome. Dude, when he throws it down, it's like, it's kind of hype. <laughs> Honestly, he kind of glides in the air, I feel like, at times. It's like, it feels that truly is the only time when you see an aggressive marketing. He's like, oh, wide open lane. Let's get it. <laughs> then he just takes flight. Feel me. Yeah, y'all about to feel my wrath out here. <laughs> uh yeah so that 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 was that was a key play i mean really hurt that tyrese maxi nailed that dagger i think with about two maybe a minute and a half left in the game yeah. that was a dagger right there i i really honestly felt like that was the shot 
Yeah, you could argue that that was the point or when James Harden was should have got a jump ball call and instead uh, while the Sixers were also calling timeout and they were like, you know what? Foul. That was like such bullshit. It felt like a Charlotte game all over again. Yeah, they might as well have just had like Ed Davis run out to uh, Tyrese tap or James tap him on the shoulder and just give us like four free throws. Why don't you? Because like we're just handing out calls at this point. It's fine. That in um, I I honestly felt that that shot that Darius took from beyond the arc should have counted for uh, three free throws. Yeah, that was another one. I mean, I feel like we we can talk about the Cavs getting bad calls in the last few <laughs> minutes all season. <laughs> if we wanted to, we can make like our next, uh, it's Cavalier YouTube compilation. will just be all the shitty calls the Cavs have gotten in under two minutes. I hope you have I think three I'm hours. Do that. There we go. <laughs> I think you go. can have, hope you have three hours <laughs> set aside viewers. Cause Mac is going to spend 24 hours compiling all the evidence. Oh yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put that Adobe premiere to work. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make that uh, membership worth it. Yes, so many calls that I feel like they could have gone the Cavs away over the season, but specifically tonight, that was one. Um, a couple of other key plays down the stretch. Karis LeVert hitting that and one. Um, I, I, that missed free throw. That missed free throw was big time. <laughs> that uh, felt like the Geico commercial where the old man has the dollar on the fishing rod, and he's like, oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you got to be quicker than that. <laughs> it's just like hope just dashed right You just me. knew that that was going to be a miss, too. It just felt like it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but it just felt like he was going to miss that one. I mean, with Carousel Vert, I, I, I love how aggressive he is shooting the ball, but there's just like I, I can't really get a feel for when I feel like he – I don't think I have – enough confidence in him hitting big shots. I don't know if you get that same vibe. I'm not trying to say it in like a negative way, but like, you know how like when Darius shoots from certain spots and you're like, you kind of know where he's going to hit from. Yeah. I feel like with Karis, like he he'll shoot from pretty much anywhere, but because he's so has like such a diverse shot profile, I don't think he's like excellent from every spot he shoots from, no. but he's willing to take it. So I don't, I, I feel like I struggle to find the confidence of where he's I got a bit of Dion waiters in him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, let's hope that does that bodes a little better for chemistry. Only a bit, yeah. Only, <laughs> only a bit. Not, uh, not the full Dion Waiters experience, but there's a little bit in there in regards to that. You got to have a guy like that that'll have confidence because he's truly, like I said last couple of times, he's the closest thing that we have, Colin Sexton, in that regard. Like he's not as aggressive, but he's he's selectively aggressive. But when it comes right down to it, you, I honestly don't want him taking the last shot. I want DG taking that last shot. No, but it's nice to have a uh, a big body guard at our disposal because like that's yeah. the true difference between him and Sexton. I think Sexton's just like a ball of like a train running straight at you, like he's a little small train yeah. just going at you. But Karis like is like a big guy. He handles contact well, which will provide. So when he cuts to the basket, there's a pretty good chance I think he'll convert some and one opportunities. So it's yeah. nice to have that level of shakeup in the offense. And I think like Doc Rivers said in that interview they showed during the game that like when postseason comes, that's when Karis. Vert's impact will be felt at the most. That's always what we said about Sexton too. Like uh, his game would best translate in the playoffs, and I, I do agree with you in that regard. Karis Levert is probably the same way when offenses and teams in general have more time to plan for you, and you need a go-to score. So, yeah. 
Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw the the rumor the other day about uh, Jared Allen not necessarily opting to have surgery. I'm still hoping for some type of miracle rumor out there for Colin Sexton to come back. <laughs> I just uh, want the dream, the Michael Jordan facts. I'm back, Colin Sexton, in a different jersey too. <laughs> We're not yeah. wearing the number two no more. <laughs> I hope he doesn't do that because I bought a jersey. So, <laughs> oh man, speaking of jerseys, I guess we can go ahead. That's a great segue into <laughs> handing out the agreed upon Darius Garland All Star jersey. We thank you guys for getting us past the 300 subscriber threshold, the 300 subscriber mark here. It feels like it took forever, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Max, like, thanks guys, but. Yes. We're slowly growing here. Uh, <laughs> with that said, we will go ahead and decide upon a winner here live. And so me, I'm just going to keep it 100 here with you guys. I'm slacking. <laughs> I slacked here a bit. So we're going to do this a little bit uh, funny here, and we're going to do a random number generator. So as I currently check on here, and let me just make sure I have the accurate number, because last time I checked, it was at 302, but I'll be, I want to be fair. Yep, still 302. So we Come on, going, guys. <laughs> we are going to go ahead and select that person. I'll share that live here so you guys th- don't think we're cheating or just picking whoever we want. <laughs> I mean, if it gets to land on me. Oh, yeah. If it goes to Corey, you guys are fucked. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just Thanks, Corey. guys. Uh, thanks for the subscribers. This has been great. <laughs> With that said, all jokes aside, we can go ahead and share this. Just a moment. This is movie magic, guys. Oh, yeah. And so, as you can see, just so you know how it works here, we have that already lined up. You see the 76th person. Obviously, no, we're not going with that. You guys are going to see it. We're going to generate it again. (laughs) Heck, yeah. (laughs) That said, here we go. 302 subscribers. Who are we going to get? And also, if this isn't obviously clear to you, we're going by the the uh, the number which you subscribe. So, you know, first subscriber onward. That's how it'll work. Subscriber number 11. (laughs) See, now I feel like an asshole because that's obviously one of the first subscribers we had. (laughs) It's obviously not going to be one of these people who who just subscribed. So um, we definitely appreciate you guys for that. But let me see who's subscriber. (laughs) It's Max's grandmother. (laughs) Let me make sure it's not Corey. Dude, that'd be hype. <laughs> Let's get it. Oh man, I gotta go through here. Lifetime. This is great podcasting material for those who are listening. Yes. In the non-live. <laughs> I view yeah. it. I'll uh in the meantime, I'll think of really important significance of what the number eleven. Yeah. Kyrie yeah. Irving's Nets number. <laughs> that kind of hurts. <laughs> Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, I'm counting out loud. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> I, I would never. Well, kind of ironic. We brought up, uh, you know, the Big Z. This is a great ode to the Big Z. Okay, number eleven. So I got it here. It is M Lou, whoever that is. M L E W. I'm gonna reach out to that person, and. Yeah, send them the Darius Garland all-star jersey. If they don't respond, well, on the next episode, <laughs> we'll do another random. Precisely. Yep. So, or, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, they have 
two to three days to respond. You know, next time we hop on here and we'll see. We'll go ahead and do this again. But again, we appreciate you guys getting us to that 300 mark. We hope to do more or something like that in the future. Um, it's definitely great in regards to growing the podcast and, you know, being able to share our thoughts about the Cavs with more and more people. So thank you for that. Uh, that being said, again, if you'd like to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat and you know what to do, leave a rating, leave a review on whatever medium you're listening or viewing on, and send proof of that via screenshot to itscavalier53 at gmail.com and we will send you an invite personally so that we can talk to you. how active it is. <laughs> yes, so active that I believe Corey was the last person to respond in there about a week ago. It's dead. I uh, We have four of us right now. I don't want to say it's too hype, but Oh, it's it a party. It's, it's a party. Crazy. You guys are missing out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that said, yeah, we, uh, you know, go Cavs. We are hoping that, you know, the Raptors lose tonight. <laughs> I just saw we, Gary Trent Jr. is playing, so that's sad. Yeah. Uh reality setting in, you know, for us, I guess. But until then, go Cavs. You guys have a good night. Go Cavs.